What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo, and we're going through Genesis. We're in Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 22. You know we're talking about Noah, and if you don't, then, man, we are about to get into the flood or the preparation for the flood. God is about to talk to Noah about what he needs to do, and Noah responds with what we all should respond to and how we all should respond And so we're on a different section now. Um, If you've been following along with us, we've gone through these things called todots or genealogies. And we're on the genealogy of Noah or the story of Noah that's about to just happen, the narrative of Noah as we read through um, Genesis chapter 6. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and see what it has to say, Genesis 6, 9 through 22. And then uh, we'll come back and answer the four questions If you've already read it, let's dive in and see what it has to say. I want to remind you that I'm not going to read through all of these anymore as we begin to go through a larger section of Scripture. But uh, that's why it's important to read before you get in and jump into this. But uh, you can stop the tape, read it, and come back, man. That's how we do. That's how we do here, man, at Trust in Jesus Ministry. So let's go ahead and dive in. What is this talking about? What is the author trying to say uh, with this writing that he's writing to these people? Well, we have another generation, like I said, uh, there's these toldos, and that uh, it's a genealogy or an account, something that's about to happen. And this one is particularly an account rather than a genealogy. It says, and this is the account of Noah. We're about to hear the story. Uh, I'm going to go through that one more time. We saw the toldo of the earth in uh, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 2. And it was the, the, the generations of the earth. It showed from the beginnings God created the earth to the fall of man. And then after that, we had the toldot of uh, Seth or Adam, Seth, uh, Adam slash Seth. And um, we saw him and we saw from his beginnings of of, uh, of his son praising the Lord or, or calling upon the name of the Lord. And then we still fall into sin there. We, we see that sin happens. And at the end of that one was Noah. And so now we have Noah's uh, toldo, and we're going to see what happens with him. One thing I think we should see from this is that even when we start with what we believe to be either a uh, innocent or a righteous person, we end in sin. Uh, sin happens because uh, man falls away from God to trust in himself rather than to trust the, the word of God. Uh, Adam fell, and then when he fell, the, the sin lineage continued. Even with the people whom we deem to be godly, we had Enosh, Seth's uh, uh, son, who helped uh, or began to call upon the name of the Lord and his family. Sin happened. Adam, sin happened. And now we're going to see that Noah, who is a righteous person, um, one that God finds favor on. And when we get to the, the end of the chapter nine, is sin happens. But let's continue and let's um, continue on our understanding of what's going on here. We've got uh, Noah, who is a righteous person. It says that he was blameless among his contemporaries. I think we got to realize blameless doesn't mean sinless, okay? Especially having that uh, that uh, modifier among his contemporaries. As we, we're going to find out and we're going to see that his contemporaries are evil. They are um, committing acts of violence. And we saw that before when we talked about the, um, the sons of God and the daughters of man, the the uh, the great warriors, the Gibberim, then we see the Nephilim, and we see how uh, they are warriors as well, men of renown. And their renownness is in the astounding violence that they perpetrate upon the land. And we see it over and over. 
that the author continues to say a word which means ruin or destroy or destruction or filth. Um, he continue, he uses that word, I think, maybe four different times, five different times in the span of these verses, because it is a uh, it's a, it's a a sad state that the world is in right now. But it says that Noah was blameless among these contemporaries. That means in the the the, the violence and the the atrocities and the uh, sensual uh, and sexual sins that's being perpetrated here amongst the people, Noah is not one of those. He does not engage or do anything. Matter of fact, it says that he walks with God. The word here is uh, like it's like a walking back and forth, a continuous walk that he has with God. This is what Noah shares. And it is, I think this word here, uh, it's a, a hit pile, um, which just means like it's a continuous back and forth walking, that this is only talked about about two people in scripture. And that's Noah and that's Enoch. And Enoch, we see, uh, said was not because he um, walked, he it says he was not before God took him. <laughs> And so Noah is in the same vein, continuing the idea that even though sin is happening, that uh, Noah is still continuing in this godly life, calling upon the name of the Lord. But then Noah um, gets told by God to, to, to do something. Matter of fact, he gets to be confided in by God, which is it's pretty crazy. Uh, because it says that God looked at the earth and he saw it was full of violence. It was full of uh, uh, murderous intent. It was full of evil. That's what God saw when he when he looked at the world, man. He said he looked at the earth and it was violent. He looked at the earth. It was violent. And then he begins to use that word. I said it's a shahakt. And that is just meaning ruin or destruction or uh, the reason I say that is because the way in which it's used is how it's translated in the English version. And you really can't tell. But it says that the land was ruined, that the land was full of ruin and the land was ruining itself. And so because of the sin of man, because of the sin of the people, the land was becoming a ruin. Like it, it, we were forcing upon the land ruin by the sins that we were committing, by the atrocities that we were committing, by the, the evil that we were perpetrating, the land was becoming a ruin. And it says that all flesh was ruined. So that that's, it says that the land was ruined because all flesh was causing it to be ruined by the way that they were living on the earth. And then it says that uh, he God talked with Noah and he's like, hey, man, the world is full of evil, man. It's full of murder. It's full of violence. It says the land has become ruined, so I will ruin it. That's in, in verse 13. He says that the land was full of ruin, so I will ruin it, man. It says that uh, he's just going to finish the job that, the, that, the, um, the, that we as men, as, as uh, human beings, were causing to the land. He was going to destroy it so that it could be cleansed. Now, th that's that's tough stuff, man, that our actions, man, that's something I think we should see is that our actions have effects, not just on ourselves, but on the, th the people around us. The things that we commit, the things that we do has an effect. And then that affects God who brings judgment upon those things, man.
Anyway, after that, God tells him that he's that he needs to build an ark. Uh, there's a lot of things going on with the word ark. It's only used twice, um, or it's only in place twice for two. Th- it's only there for two different things. One is for this ark here that is uh, being built by Noah, but also for the little boat that Moses has put in whenever he's saved from the waters. It's an ark. It's because there's a, a connection between Moses and Noah that we have another person who is is righteous and who who is saving his family, you know, the people of God, the the Israelites, the Hebrew people. And we'll probably talk a little about that in Moses. It's, it's a little too much to get into right now. But yeah, we have this ark that Noah's supposed to be built. And the the thing that God does is he tells them specifically how to do it. He says, with these dimensions, I think the dimensions it may end up being like 445 feet long and 45 feet tall and 50 feet wide. I believe that's the, the measurements. Uh, um, you can check that out, though. It's like a huge boat, but it's not like super big. It's not like as big as a Titanic, but it is big enough to house the things that God desires from the house and him and his family and these animals. And so he tells him specifically how to get it. And he also says that he's going to... Uh, uh, have these the life of the world come into there to be saved like um, he's going to bring those animals to Noah so that way they can be saved and he tells them to put in there male and female um, um, yeah he says that, that he wants them to get male and female one from from each uh, uh, thing of the flying birds the the uh, the creepy crawly things the the uh, cattle on the earth that God is going to bring those people in it but when he does that, he says that he is going to make this covenant. This is an important thing, too. Covenant is is huge. He's going to establish a covenant with Noah. And it's, it's, it's funny because he does it with Noah, as Noah is going to be the representative of the new world. Just as Adam was a representative of this world, and then Enosh was a representative of the new age as he began to call upon the name of the Lord, we're going to have a covenant made with Noah, who is going to be a representative of the new world world of a new uh, dispensation or a new time upon the earth where God is going to seek uh, um, the righteous. And he also blesses them in the same way. And we'll read that later. But it says that God is going to destroy all flesh. We talked about how the ruin of the land was because of the pollution of the land was because of the acts of, of, of human beings. He's also going to destroy the animals that that walk upon the earth, anything that has life, that breathes the breath of life is going to be destroyed because of the actions of human beings. And this is a sad state. Again, we are in authority and responsible over the thing that God has placed us. And because of our actions, the punishment falls upon those creatures as well. Now, Noah's not only is he saved and he makes this covenant specific with Noah as it as it says to you, he's going to make this covenant, but also his family is going to be saved because Noah is leading his family. Noah is, is uh, um, guiding and moving his family as it talks about in first Peter and second Peter says he's a, a preacher with the spirit of Christ or he held heralding um, the gospel of righteousness. And so with doing that, he is also being an example to his family, that uh, they would do this as well. Now, what's this uh, scripture saying about, oh, I'm sorry. I have to I have to finish with this, man. It says, then Noah did all that he was commanded. 
he listened to God and didn't question, man. There's no words um, that Noah speaks here. It is all the words of God. God is speaking to Noah. And then in this, it just says that Noah does what God says. And so Noah is faithful and trusting God for his salvation. As God said, a flood was coming. He believed him and started working. What's the scripture saying about God? Well, I think it's saying that God keeps a remnant for himself. And we've talked about this a few times that God always keeps someone because he has a promise that he has to keep because God is not a promise breaker. He's a, he's a promise keeper. And he said that there would be one who would uh, crush Satan or the seed, the seed of the serpent. And so in order for that to take place, he has to keep somebody there. And so he does with Noah. He finds favor with Noah. But also God deals with sin. This is a, a very important thing that we have to recognize is that God doesn't tolerate sin. He, he gives grace and favor, but there's a punishment that has to occur for that sin. And for, for us, if we trust in Jesus, that punishment fell upon his son, and that's a blessing. But God has to punish sin. And also, he's all powerful, man. He accomplishes the task that he is going to do. We don't see it yet, but we know the end of the story, man, that the flood comes. And God says what he's going to do. He's powerful to do it, too. He's also a provider. And this is the last thing I want to say about God, because he tells everything. He tells Noah everything that he needs to know in order to get things done that he needs to get done. He tells him how to build the ark. So there's no uh, lefts or rights and no worries that Noah has to figure out in order for it to happen. And he also tells him to get the food, enough food to be able to survive, because he's going to be on that boat for a while as God floods the earth. What's this say about man? What's the scripture talking about man? Is that there's something special about walking with God. There's something special about back and forth we speak with and we converse with and we have an intimate time with the God of the universe. This is something that we should do. And as we walk back and forth, as we walk with God the way that, that uh, he desires for us to, then it's easier to trust him. It's easier to, to do what it is that God has called us to do. There hasn't been rain on the earth, from what I know. It says uh, earlier we saw that it was a, um, a spring under, under the ground that would cause the plants to grow. And so for a flood to come would be a kind of a weird thing. But he believed God and did what he was supposed to do. And the second, I think, lead your family. This is, this is what God has called us to. Because the reason that uh, um, Noah's family is being saved is because of Noah. That he is, is the one who is uh, um, doing, uh, doing what he's supposed to do in order for his family to see him as one who follows God. As one who is blessed by God. And so his family follows in the same way. There's a scripture, I think, though, in Ezekiel that says that only Noah could have saved himself. And because of that, that's why I'm saying, and this is the, the uh, uh, I think it's Ezekiel or Isaiah, but the prophet is speaking of these things about Noah. It says, Noah, Daniel, and, um, man, I can't think of that other guy's name. But he says that they would only be able to save in Lot, I think, maybe. No, it's not Lot. Sorry. But he says that they would only be able to save themselves. And so it's not that Noah himself is the one because of Noah being the head of the family that the family saved, but it's because Noah being an example to his family, where his family walks with God as well, is why they are being saved. And so as man, we should lead our family. How do we apply these truths to our lives? 
Um, well, what has God called you to do today? What has God set before you as a task that he desires for you to accomplish? Are you doing it? Me and my wife, we are called to to be missionaries to the nomadic community. And that's what we desire to do. And though it's hard and difficult, man, we do it. We follow God's command to us. So that's the question I have to ask you today. Are you following God's command? Hey, I appreciate you guys for listening. Trust Jesus, man. Man, he is more than powerful. He is more than loving. He is uh, one whom we can place our faith in because he is trustworthy. And so do that today. I'll see you guys in the next episode.